Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. fellow podcast listener and welcome to the pop culture pub podcast i am your host my name is chris lockhart and joining me uh we got a full house uh first up uh my co-host in crime mr kevin decent how's it going kevin uh it's going well chris jesus it feels like we just talked too so yeah weird. yeah i uh <laughs> made, made a special guest appearance on kevin's podcast last night um so be sure to check that out um, and, uh, also joining us is an, one of my other co-hosts in crime, Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Well, it's going quite well, and hello, dear listeners. And last but not least, we have our special guest star. She's the Guinan to our Star Trek The Next Generation, Lillian. How's it going, Lillian? Oh, I love you. Oh, that's so sweet. That's like the nicest compliment. I'm doing moderately well well that's good moderate moderately is good <laughs> it's, an, interesting. it's insanely weak in like the life of the lily bean like we got parent teachers this week we got two half days no school tomorrow volleyball tournament and my my work is short staff so like Ooh, we yeah. are we are it's a, it's a week busy, we need busy. all the nerdy things like this is sanity yep all right, well, before we get into tonight's main topic, we are going to continue with our segment of best and worst TV series finales. Uh, last episode, uh, we did our number five uh, mm-hmm. picks. So for this episode, we are doing our number four picks. So Lillian, why don't you kick it off? Uh, what is the number four on your list for best and worst TV series finales. Okay. So I actually had to adjust my list. So just give me one little second because I had to add on there. Mm-hmm. Um, one second. I just had to. There we go. So in number four, best and worst. So I've got uh, number four uh, season finale. I've got House. Um, As best or worst? Uh, worst. Okay. I was not happy with that. Um, not happy at all. And that's all I can say. Like, there's just, I worship that show. Mm-hmm. And it was so fantastic. And the way they ended it, like, I don't know. I, I hate doing, like, this with spoilers. And I'm like, because he dies. Um, and it's just, the, I just, it was just stupid. It was just stupid. It was just the worst way to do things. Like, I just mm-hmm. was so angry. It was just, um, I mean, I have no issue in a series they decide to off a character or how they do things, but it was just, well, actually, no, because he faked his death, technically. He faked his death kind of thing, but it was stupid. It was just dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was just dumb. Um, but then for good, uh, uh, in my number four slot, and this may be really cheesy, but I don't care. Um, I've got Kim Possible, the cartoon. I, nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, you were going to say something? I didn't know that one until recently. And I thought, because it, it just, you know, I've seen that here and there, but it wasn't one that I watched all the time or, or my kid, you know, just kind of missed it. 
So I just found out that one while I was looking up some other stuff. I thought, oh, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's that's my happy moment right there. And I'm like, there, you know, you know, it's a good season finale when you're like, it just makes you feel like you're happy. You're OK that it's not on the, on air anymore kind of thing. So I'm OK. But that was my yeah, it's my happy place. <laughs> Excellent. <clears throat> All right, well, I'll go next. Uh, number four on my list of worst TV series finales, The Sopranos. Um, oh, <clears throat> I oh love... man, that's on, that's on my best of. <laughs> oh, really? It's going to be fun. So you guys, have to, you guys can't talk about it now. You're going to have to fight, okay? So after we get to the <laughs> then we get to have a debate. So. Um, well, my, my big, like, honestly... Um, Boy, I, I I think I know why you don't like. It. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, it it's not because of the when they cut to black. Um, you know, like I, I I'm all right with David Chase, you know, leaving it up to people's imagination. And and there's this brilliant video that someone did on YouTube where it kind of proves that Tony died. Like when it went to black, that was Tony. Tony is dead now. Um, and, and it, it, it makes sense. And I know, um, David Chase just recently, like in the last year or so did a panel somewhere and someone tripped him up and was like, you know, uh, like the question was addressed, you know, did you know that Tony was going to die in the final episode? And then he started answering as in, yes. And then he's like, shit, you, you, you know, like you tricked me. Like, cause he's always maintained that he, he, he wouldn't say one way or the other. But then in that panel, he admitted it, that Tony did die. But no, the, the reason why it's on my worst list, it, and it's it's not even so much the, the series finale uh, as it is the lead up to it. Because, I mean, you know, they'd been setting up for about a season and a half, maybe two seasons, of this big confrontation between the New York mafia and the, the the jersey mafia and then it finally happens in the penultimate episode um in the like the last 20 minutes when new york you know strikes at, at tony's guys and you know one of the most tragic death scenes ever you know when bobby gets killed um you know i felt so bad for the guy and then we don't know what happened to silvio they left that up in the air um, my problem was, is like, this should have been like, uh, it should have been bigger than what it was. Like I, I they had all this build up, and then literally the last episode and the last 20 minutes of the second last episode is we see this war. And I just felt that it, it, like they just, it could have been something epic and it just wasn't. So it wasn't the ending that got me. It was the, the, the war aspect that, you know, I didn't really care for Kind of felt underwhelming. Um, so that being said, um, my my number four on my best list, uh, I'm going with Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I see. The, um, this it's like actually these are kind of parallel in a way because my list as well. Sure. Uh, yeah, you can throw it on your list. Um, no, I have it on my list. Oh, you do have it on your list. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, but Save no. My list now. Like <laughs> Avatar: The Last Airbender was building up this conflict between 
Aang and uh, the Fire Lord, right? Or the Fire King or whatever he's calling himself, who was voiced by Mark Hamill. So Mark Hamill did a great job. Um, and it was satisfying. It's like they were building up this big conflict. The whole series, like all three seasons, was building up to this final battle. And it didn't disappoint, you know? Uh, whereas on The Sopranos, it did disappoint. It's like you're building up to this big war, and then it just kind of fizzled out, and then Tony gets shot, and we don't, or presumably shot. You know, maybe he had a heart attack. We don't know. Um, but we don't really know what happened. But like Avatar The Last Airbender, like it was just a perfect ending to the show, the perfect ending to this conflict. And. You How do you know, feel that it dealt with leading into Korra? Well, Cora, I, I thought it was okay because Cora is a different show. Oh, an entirely different thing. It's just the fact that, like, that it's okay that it switched to something different. Like, it's yeah, that oh, yeah. kind of an ending where you don't, you're not upset that the characters aren't back. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, they had to, right? Because the whole point of, of being the Avatar is you die and then you're reborn into the next. So Cora couldn't be the Avatar if, if Aang was still alive. Um, exactly. so yeah, it's just, yeah, it, to, you know, it was, it, it was good, you know, it, it was, um, and I'm really excited that they're doing an, a live action avatar series on Netflix. Um, anything is better than the movie. Yeah. Like the movie, they had an opportunity to do something really good, but they whitewashed it and which is really weird. Cause M night Shyamalan is a, uh, I believe he's from uh, uh, India, like his family's from India. Uh, like the fact that they would have these, you know, Asian characters, but they would cast white kids in them. It was, it was just weird. Um, you know, that guy hasn't made a good movie since like Signs. Also, just a small light M Night his so. new movie that just came out. Oh, don't watch the movie. Go read <laughs> the comic. Wait, okay. there's a cut. For it's, old? Okay, so old, the actual, it comes from a comic, actually literally almost like page by page. Uh, it, the comic is called Sandcastles. Oh. And it is intense. And it is, it's a graphic novel. It's intense. It is, it is, it's so good. And I actually, I, I read some reviews about old and I was like, nope, that, that web, that, that like comic, it messed with my brain. All right. So that you're... graphic novel, yeah, it's, yeah. I wrote that down. I will check it out. Um, he did a show on Not Apple Plus. Yeah, he 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 produced or was a showrunner of a show on Apple Plus with um, what's his name from the Harry Potter movies, um, the Ginger Daniel Radcliffe. No, the Ginger. Um, oh, Rupert Grint. It's so yeah. good. I didn't know he was a part of it. Yeah, he he was. Uh, that show's good. It is. No, it's oh. actually not. It's not bad. And I, I'm like, I was a little hesitant because I haven't seen Rupert in a lot of things. Yeah. But it, it, it's not bad. <clears throat> All right. I was on the fence about checking it out because of the, you know, the end of Night Shyamalan thing. Um, even like I didn't mind uh, Glass that came out a couple of years ago. I, you know, I. Uh, it was okay. But you go and you watch Unbreakable and you're like, wow, Unbreakable was so good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Glass I, I, was okay. I hated how they killed off Bruce Willis. I thought that was so stupid. Mm -hmm. um, but for sure. But anywho, what? 
uh, and the movie Glass? Have you seen it yet? Nope. Oh, okay. So I spoilers. hated Unbreakable, so... <clears throat> you didn't really? like Unbreakable, you ain't gonna like Glass. Yeah, it made no sense to me. You have to understand, this was before we knew about the rest of the story, so I was like, this is the dumbest movie on the planet. <laughs> See, when, when he did that movie Split, <clears throat> excuse me, um, they... I thought I thought Split was really good, and then when they had the reveal that this was like taking place in the same universe, like when we see Bruce Willis's character, like my jaw dropped. I was like, "Oh my god, this is so awesome!" And then um, <clears throat> when they did Glass, I, I I thought he did an all right job putting everything together. Other than you know, the only thing I, I... need to I need to watch it. Like I I think I need to give Unbreakable another go ahead. Knowing now that there's more of a story, have, I maybe can rewrite some of my bias. Have you seen Split? Um, no, but it stars James McAvoy, yeah. and I love him to pieces. So. Yeah, he's amazing in that movie. Like he, I forget him. Like there's like something like fifty or twenty. I can't remember. There's he has a whole bunch of different personalities in his mind, uh, and he plays yeah. them all. Like and it's so amazing. Like what a good what what a good acting job he does. But anyway, uh I'm Squirrel. I'm rambling. Um It's all good. I'm ra- sorry I encouraged it. Oh no no that's okay. Uh <laughs> ra- Ragnar, number four on your list of best and worst T V series finales. Okay, so for this wasn't the ranking that I was quite gonna do it in, but it makes sense, so I'll, I'll just do the Sopranos under the category of best. And the reason I picked that is I loved the totally ambiguous ending. And it definitely felt like the story was not finished, which for me, in the context of the Sopranos world was so realistic because if you're in the mafia world that's how it is mm-hmm. you just get whacked you're dead your story's over but you know life continues on and so for me yeah it, the first time watching it it was definitely shocking that that's how it ended but the more i thought about it the more i was like actually that's a pretty cool ending because how the hell else are you going to end that thing and so yep. the best ending is to well, we're not really going to have an ending. We're just going to let you know that the story will continue and you'll make up your own version of what you think happens. <coughs> and and in like if a show like Game of Thrones does that, it would it drives me insane. But in the context of the Sopranos, it really worked for me anyways. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's been an un- unpopular opinion. Most people did not like that ending. No, I so, like I, 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 I I completely agree with you, Ragnar. Like, I like that part of it. But like I said, I was just disappointed in the New York war, you know, kind of fizzling out. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I get that. Um, and then for um, worst endings, I got I to gotta go with Sons of Anarchy. I really didn't like that whole thing where Jax Teller just, you know, stands up on his motorcycle and drives into a semi-truck. I just thought that was the worst ending. Yeah. I haven't really come up with a better ending in my own head, but I really didn't like that ending. Um, 
And I, and I, at one point, I quite enjoyed that show. Although when I started rewatching it about a year ago, it didn't pull me in the, the way it had the first time. Mm-hmm. So it, it might it might be a show that really only has one, you know, one time through it. But uh, but yeah, I really just like that ending, and yeah, I, I can't think of a better ending, but it just wasn't satisfactory to me. Yeah, I I never did watch that final season. It just it it, oh, it got way too dark and and I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I know I know how it ended though because I I did watch the the thing on YouTube where they showed the scene and he he drove like Vic Mackey was driving a a semi and he ran into him from the shield. Uh, I know it's not the same character, but you know, suppose yeah, suppose what. <laughs> Well, what? Did I miss something there? Well, or, well, originally <laughs> this was supposed to be in the same universe as the Shield because um, Kurt Sutter worked on the Shield, and oh, um, yeah, the gang, like the uh, African American gang that's in Sons of Anarchy, the One Niners, were also a gang yeah. in the Shield. Were they? Yep. Shit. So oh, that's super cool. I don't think I knew about that connection. Yeah, like but, I, knew, I knew he had worked on it. I didn't realize it was supposed to be set in the same universe. Yeah, but the thing is, they had, you know, like the guy who played Dutch on The Shield, he was in the first season of Sons of Anarchy. The guy who played Ronnie, I think, was in the third season. So, as a, as different characters, but... Right. So, But, I mean, it still could have been set in the same universe. But, but anyway, uh, Kevin... Um, your li- what's number four on your list of best and worst TV series finales? You know, the funny thing is, there's been a few things mentioned tonight that I, I wasn't aware of. And then I thought, well, if I haven't watched it now, am I really worried about the ending being spoiled? Yeah. And I, I also realized that a lot of the stuff just doesn't stick in my head. I mm-hmm. No, I am. I'm still there because I haven't finished Sons of Anarchy yet. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I already, I mean, come on. You can't be on the internet with some of these shows that have been over for so long without yeah. seeing them. Uh, yeah. No way. Yeah, and I, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and they were talking. I didn't pause that time. They were talking about a TV episode from last week. Mm. And I thought, oh, I don't, I don't want it spoiled. And then I thought, well, they talked about the previous week's episode. I don't remember a damn thing they talked about on it, though. So I, I think I'm all right. I think I'm in spoiler-free territory because it's just not sinking in for me. Yeah. Um, but anyways, for a fourth dislike, and it, it's weird as a dislike because I actually think it's genius and brilliant, but I'm putting it as a dislike because as an adult, I think it's brilliant. As a kid, for what was technically a kid's show, I think it's way too far and too much. And that is not the last episode that aired, but the actual series finale of Dinosaurs. Oh. The Jim Henson yeah. half-hour comedy one. Good pick, man. Wow. So the ending is so dark that the ABC refused to air it as the final episode and aired the last couple of episodes out of sequence. So when they aired the finale, they could come back the next week and pretend like, oh, everything's fine. Nothing happened. Yeah. And kept going when really that is the finale. And 
well, yes. Well, I mean, we're spoiling stuff that's like you know a couple years old. So spoiler for a <laughs> near thirty year old show here, yep. probably. Um, yeah, the asteroid comes to Earth and wipes out the dinosaurs, and they all just sit back at home and watch it unfolding on TV. And they're like, "What are we gonna do? There's nowhere to go." That's just how it is. <laughs> and it's like, as an adult, that's brilliant. That's yeah, hysterical. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's awesome. As a kid, though, it's like, what's happening to my favorite show? <laughs> this is awful. It's TGIF. This doesn't happen on Full House. Um, and it's funny because it's there the whole time. Like, do you realize that every family name is a is an oil company? What? The main family's last name is Sinclair. Sinclair was an oil and gasoline yeah, company. That's true, and they their were. Ma- that's their mascot true. was a dinosaur. <gasps> hmm. That's His boss's name is BP. Yeah. Oh yeah. dear I, lord. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're all gas and oil companies from the beginning. <laughs> they're all fossil fuels. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a bit tongue in cheek, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant though. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I didn't grow up with that show, so I mean. I've only seen the finale, like, random clips on, like, TikTok or things like that when people are like, what show traumatized you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, here you go. A few years ago, I marathoned the whole series. And, and there, there's some of it that's just like this is just weird. And, you know, uh, the usual, like, American, we need, you know, 20-something episodes, whether they're good or not. When really, if we had half that order, we could have make all good shows. Uh, so some are just filler, but some of them like, this is brilliant. This is just great stuff of like, we can't really talk about certain things on this, you know, family comedy here, but because it's through freaking puppet dinosaurs, we're getting away with a lot of it. Yep. Um, but for a good one and this God, it might be over 30 years for this one. Um, but it stuck in my mind because I was in the room and I, I had a knowledge of it from just being in the same room. Oh, my mom's watching shows that she wants to watch. Um, I don't feel like going to bed yet. So I'm doing my homework, reading a comic or kind of watch TV, but not really paying attention because a lot of jokes are over my head. That's how I ended up watching a lot of sitcoms and dramas. I probably shouldn't have been at a young age <laughs> and know of them, but my, my mom, and I think a lot for previous generation, didn't obsess over continuity or minutia or um, Easter eggs or anything like that for TV shows. Or even, like, we need a consistent plot and character development week to week. TV was fully escape, and if you miss an episode, it doesn't matter. Because it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're all just one and done stories that just happen to have the same actors on it. But if you miss a week, you don't miss anything of the story here. Nothing's, you know, nothing's really happening. So to have a callback, not only for the entire show and the entire series as it ends, but to previous shows as well, I still remember her to this day absolutely losing it watching it. Just in awe. Couldn't believe they pulled it off. Couldn't believe she never heard of anything was so happy about it, telling people about it the next day, asking if they saw it. And that is the ending to the Newhart show. Oh, yeah. When Bob Newhart wakes up in bed next to his wife from the previously existing Bob Newhart show 
and says, I've just had the craziest dream. Yep. Which is also a way to call back to the missing season of Dallas. Yep. Oh. There was, um, did you, you guys, I assume, have all watched Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Nope. Oh. Okay, well, there's a, a, a special feature, a bonus feature on the DVD where the main character in, in Breaking Bad wakes up and it's actually the dad from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. And he said, ah, oh, honey, I just had the weirdest <laughs> dream. <laughs> and they actually filmed it. Like he, he convinced them to, to, you know, we're never going to air this. This is not going to be the ending. But wouldn't it be funny? Why don't we shoot it and put it on the DVD? And so it's like a little one minute scene. And they, you know, they brought in Jane. I can't pronounce her last name from Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. And they, they did it. And so, yeah, that was quite funny. You just reminded me of that, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, like. My mom flipping out about it, you know, thought it was the coolest thing. I remember so many people talking about the next day, how they pulled that off, how they do that. What a great reference and everything, uh, you know, just in shock of it. And I think us being geeks are kind of jaded to some of that stuff. But your general public, that's still a big shock and a big surprise and a big, you know, uh, remembering where you were when you watched a twist like that. Yeah. Ooh. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, I still remember that from when I was a kid. I didn't get the, the reference to the Bob Newhart show because, of course, I, that was before I was born that that came out. Um, I think it's before all of us were born. Yeah. <laughs> but I just remember that last episode, everything went crazy. Like, like they, you know, a bunch of, like a Chinese company came in and, or Japanese, I can't remember, and like bought like the, the, the lodge and bought all, all the properties around and the, and the, you know, Larry and the, two Daryls like became rich and um and the two Daryls spoke in that episode yeah um because when it, they when they tell their wives to shut up or whatever yeah I, I just remember it being crazy but uh excellent um all right well let's move on to our main topic this evening and that is Reading List 2021. So this is going to be uh, an annual thing that we do on the podcast here where we uh, you know, discuss stuff that we're reading, whether it be books, comic books, or, or even books we're listening to, uh, either you know on tape or, or through Audible or whatever. Um, so my first question to everybody is, what are you currently reading in terms of novels, comic books, whatever? Um We'll start with Ragnar. What are you, what are you currently reading right now, Ragnar? Okay, so in Saskatoon, we have this awesome bookstore. It's called McNally Robinson. It's an independent store. It's it's physically huge, and has a wicked restaurant inside of it too. Cool. And um, it's it's easily my favorite store in the whole. Well, hell, the whole province. I've been going there since before I moved here, and uh, I, I go there at least once a month. <clears throat> and my favorite part of the store is that they have a room, uh, about 200 square foot room, that's just bargain books. There's nothing Ooh. over $10. It's And they're all new books. They're not used books. They're all new books. 
and I always go in there and it is incredibly rare that I don't pick up something. So the book I am currently reading came from the bargain room there and it is an older book. It's five or six years old now, I think. It's called The Know-It-All, One Man's oh. Humble Quest to Become the Smartest Person in the World. A.J. Jacobs. A.J. Jacobs. Yeah, read, good. He read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica mm-hmm. and then wrote a book about it. So each chapter of the book is a different letter. And it's a combination of, you know, interesting entries from the encyclopedia, um, personal stories that relate to it, as well as, you know, how irritating he becomes trying to tell all of his friends and family all these new facts that he has uh, garnered. And so it is quite funny and mildly educational at the same time. And uh, I don't want to necessarily read the Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> but I kind of want to, like, get it and just have it on display in my house. It's like... If you want, I, I have a copy that I have not been able to yet throw away. Oh, yeah? Okay. Because it's literally, like, my, it's an old-school one, because, you know, these things you still... You, you, were any of you around when they had infomercials? Like, you can order the Encyclopedia Britannica, blah, 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 for easy payments. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so my mom was like, do you want these? And I've used them for, like, random things to lift stuff up, but I just can't get rid of them because they're my well, yeah you still have those the next time i'm in penticton i will definitely take those off your hands i would love they are fantastic i have read all of them <laughs> wow good for you some of them aren't that big yeah yeah okay wow but uh the total side squirrel just saying on there <laughs> neat well okay that might be a new life goal about to be achieved <laughs> um ragnar did you just pick it up because it looked interesting or are you aware of some of his other books? I no, I just, cause I'm like, that is stupid. <laughs> I got to read it. <laughs> and I started flipping through it. I'm like, actually this sounds pretty interesting. So, okay. Yep. Really good book. Very fun. He does. He does a follow up called a year of living biblically. Oh, that's that guy. Yeah. I, I've seen that book on the shelves. Yeah. Yeah, if if you end up like a know-it-all, you'll like that one, too. Okay. I And I remember hearing an interview on the radio with him about that book and thinking, man, i got to read that. That sounds pretty interesting. Ah, all right. Well, I guess I'll add that to my reading list. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm currently reading. All right. Uh, Lillian, what are you currently reading in terms of novels or comic books? Well, like I said, I got to pick up Dune and um, read that. So that's currently on my must-read this weekend list. Um, one second. I'm uh, pulling up my Audible. So I just finished um, a book called China White um, on there, and uh, it's funny because I was driving to my mother's and I was like, "Oh, um, Audible has this new thing where if you're a member." They have a now a free category where you can go listen to a ton of stuff for free. Yep. yep. And I have not listened to a nonfiction book in forever. It is everything is in my thing is like not it's all brain books and ADHD books and autism books and self-help books. Um, but China White was interesting. Although the, here's the funny part is that the person who is narrating the book is French 
and the book takes place in Vancouver, Canada. So it's interesting to hear with an accent some of the words that we now pronounce <laughs> as normal. So at one point in this book, she's talking about with this detective because she ends up hitting a girl with her car accidentally. And she's like at the bottom. She's a disgraced cop. She's like, well, at least I can help one person. And she goes after this pregnant 12 year old who ends up leading to a cult and a drug ring. And it's a gong show. But at one point, she's talking with her ex-boyfriend about a bus they did in Chilliwack. We say Chilliwack. Narrator kept saying Chilliwack. <laughs> and I'm, Chili? Chilliwack? And I think that's the issue when you have audible books, is the fact that you have to accept that someone's going to say things differently than you read them in your brain. Um, so I've got that one. There's a new Joshua Jackson book that just came out that I've got on there called Oracle. Um, that I'm going to listen to just because it's Joshua Jackson reading it and mm -hmm. he's beautiful and I love him. Um, and then I have as well, um, I'm still working on finishing the books by our local author because he just came out with another one. So um, I really need to knuckle down and finish Herman's books that he wrote because he's here and I will finish those. But that's what's on my nightstand right now. Excellent. Anyways, yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, for me, um, I, j or currently I'm reading, I, with the new Star Wars, well, I'm not saying, like, using air quotes, new Star Wars trilogy, uh, that just came out, I was so disappointed in it, and I, I remember thinking, yeah. you know, like, there's so many good Star Wars books, you know, like, they could have went with the Timothy Zahn trilogy. You know, they could have adapted it and, you know, changed a few things. And, and uh, that would have been an excellent movie series. Um, and then I got thinking on t from that, like, there's a bunch of classic Star Wars books that I've never read. Like, that I know of and was always meaning to go back to and read them, but I never did. So, currently, right now, I'm reading Shadows of the Empire um, mm -hmm. by uh, Steve Perry. Um, and it, it's great. I, I'm, re I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I just recently purchased, uh, the Truce Baccara and the Courtship of Princess Leia. These are all Star Wars books that came out in the nineties after the Zon trilogy. And, uh, yeah, I'm giving them a chance and, and, and I'm enjoying it. Cause this, you know, these are books that are written by people that, Loved the original Star Wars trilogy, and and it really feels true to to that world. And uh, and like with Shadows of the Empire, what's neat about this book is it takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So you know we, you know, like they're trying to find Boba Fett and trying to get Han back, and 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 that all that whole angle. So. It's, it's pretty good. Oh, that book! Yeah, with Prince uh, Sh uh, Shizor. I think that's how you, how yeah. you say his name. Um, I used to own a whole bunch of Star Wars books, and I read them, and I vaguely remember them being awesome. But at the same time, it's been forever since I've thought of those. Yeah. Can yeah. you find those in bookstores? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, they're, they're now, because Disney bought Star Wars, now they're... Uh, listed under their legends category so basically like these books used to be con considered canon but now they're not um what yeah so now they're called legends so it's like they're the, they're fiction of fiction i guess 
Um, so they're fanfics. Yeah, pretty much, but good. Like, like I mean, this should be the continuation of Star Wars, not not what we got. Um, so yeah, I, I got a bunch of those I got to read. Uh, I just recently uh, picked up the complete Calvin and Hobbes collection. Um, so, I'm, so I'm starting to read that because um, I can't remember, Lillian, were you on that episode years ago when we talked about comic strips and our favorite comic strips? Yes, I, I want to yes, see. I uh, was, and you—you you were one of the ones that recommended Calvin and Hobbes, right? You, cause mm-hmm. that, yeah, because I remember that always stuck with me. I think Eric Johnson was on that episode, and I, I can't remember who else was there. But Calvin and Hobbes is one comic strip that I am aware of, but I never used to read it because it was not in the newspaper that I read. Um, yeah. Like, the newspaper that I had had Garfield, had Archie, um, and then the other newspaper, uh, the Edmonton Journal, had Calvin and Hobbes and had uh, Peanuts and all that kind of stuff. Um, So I'd never, you know, I've read a handful of Calvin and Hobbes. I I have a uh, friend who, you know, like, if whenever I go over to his house, like, that was the, the, the books that were sitting beside the toilet, you know, so... If you had to spend some time in the bathroom, you could read some Calvin and Hobbes. So I figured, you know, I'm I'm going to get on board with this, and I decided to to pull the pull uh, the trigger and, and buy this because uh, I had saved up some money to go to the Edmonton Comic Con this year, and it didn't happen. Yeah. So I thought, what the hell? I'm gonna, you know, because this wasn't cheap. This was, I think, I paid 120 dollars for this collection. And I thought, what the hell? You know, I was going to get my picture taken with Shatner anyway, so might as well read some Calvin and Hobbes. Um, so, uh, also, I've been re- I read comic books on a weekly basis, so I just wanted to list off some of my some of the really good ones that I think people might enjoy. The current run of Thor by Donny Cates is really good. It's it's the art's good. He's a good writer. Really enjoying that. Uh, from Dark Horse, uh, they're doing a series called Norse Mythology based on the Neil Gaiman book. Uh, so it's being the, you know, the book is being adapted into comic book form by Neil Gaiman and, uh, P. Craig, P. Craig Russell. And they get a bunch of good artists like, uh, Mike Mignola was an artist, Jerry Ordway, uh, Jill Thompson. So yeah, if you, if you, if you like Norse Mythology, it's a good comic book to check out. Um, Fantastic Four by Dan Slott. You know that's you know as soon as uh, as soon as there's a new Fantastic Four comic out, I'm reading it. Uh, and Dan Slott's been doing a really good job. Um, the Conan books from Marvel, like Marvel got the rights back to Conan. I want to say in 2019. Um, and they did a, a run with Jason Aaron, and then they've done subsequent runs with uh, Jim Zub and Der- Jerry Dugan. And I know Jason Aaron's got a King Conan series coming out. Um, yeah, they're, Co- Mar- Conan is meant to be a Marvel comic, and they're they're doing a really good job. It seems like the the people that write and draw it are fans. So there's that. Uh, and then a couple quick mentions. Uh, Kang the Conqueror is a really good miniseries. Batman Catwoman by Tom King is really good. Uh, the Red, Sonya Black, White, and Red. Uh, you know, 
there's stories done by various artists and writers. Very good. So that is what I am currently reading. Uh, Kevin, what are you currently reading in terms of novels and comic books? All right. So at some point, I got to get back on to my... Um, I was going to go through a bunch of alien and alien stuff this year. So I have a collection of the paperbacks now. Nice. I got all the movies in there and I, I just, it's, I haven't had time to get into it, but I'm hoping to get back to that soon. Um, just to make a dent in the stack I got here. Yeah. Uh, I'm down to one library book right now. And that is a Joe Hill collection of uh, graphic novel stories. And I actually read a lot of them already um, because it includes the entire series of Wraith, which is a spinoff of his Nosferatu story. Okay. And the Wraith comic is messed up, but most of his stuff is, you know, so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm curious about a lot of these other, a lot of them are just like short little one shot stories or were included in something else. It's just a big graphic novel collecting, you know, a lot of his work from different places. The Wraith story is by far the longest. And like I said, I already read that one. That's, it's really good, but it's really screwed up too. Um, I am actually, no, I have that now, but any day at work, Untold Horror will be showing up for me. Untold Horror, I believe Dark Horse put it out. It is interviews and pictures and notes and all sorts of stuff collecting stories behind all of these horror movies that never happened so any horror movie writer or director of note that you can think of contributed to this volume of like i was working on this project and it never happened so let me share my sketches let me share my notes let me share my idea for what the killer would look like whatever it might be um, and just a deep dive for all this stuff. So that's called Untold Horror. I, I sh- should be getting that within like maybe tomorrow, but if not tomorrow, within the next week. I'm looking forward to that one. Cool. Um, and then <clears throat> I ended up, <clears throat> sorry, um, I have made a dent and everything I have physically, but I forgot. Do you guys know what a humble bundle is? Have you ever seen mm, this? Yes, oh. I just bought my son like. $90 worth of Borderlands stuff for 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. The, you can pay kind of whatever you want, but the more people that sign up for it and pay, the more that they unlock too. So <laughs> for a lot of it, it's like, oh, you could pay a dollar, but if everyone pays a dollar, we're only going to offer five books, for example. But if all of a sudden we hit $500, okay, now we're going to offer 10 books that you can download digitally or whatever it might be. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. This was through Humanoids, which is, uh, is it UK? It's Europe for sure. Apologies. Ignorant American here. <laughs> but a, Europe, a European, I'll say to keep myself safe, comic book publisher. And they were doing one, but they also were having a contest on Twitter. Retweet this, share it, get the word out, and we'll just pick a random person. Well, I was one of the random people. Oh, cool. So I have about 50 of their graphic novels in this giant zip file that were all free. Cool. And just crazy because, I mean, the art style is different. The writing style is different than what, you know, we're used to for, you know, the, the Western world comics for things. Um, and it, 
it just is gorgeous looking stuff. Totally different perspective on it. I can't wait to get into it. And I, I was talking to my local comic shop, and it's just now a publisher that, you know, Judge Dredd barely crosses the pond. So this stuff is just absolutely no one knows about it. So I'm very curious. So it'll all be brand new, exciting stuff for me. Um, and then Chris was mentioned like stuff that we're picking up currently. A lot of the same ones. I was actually, when you mentioned Red Sonia, I thought, shoot, I thought Red Sonia came out this week. And I, I got to look because I have to get three covers every month for the same comic. <laughs> I think it did. I, might I, I think it did. Yeah. Well, Amanda Connor does a cover. Joseph mm-hmm. Michael Listener does a cover. And Frank Cho does a cover every month. And I can't decide. So I just get all three. <laughs> <laughs> I want a budget like yours for comics. Like, I want yeah. a room to put comics in. Okay, seriously. <laughs> I, uh, you know, maybe remind me later. Because it's nighttime right now, but remind me later. Because um, the middle room that was nothing is is now the comic room. <laughs> nice. Um, just got all rearranged. But uh, one of the titles that issue number one just came out last week, and it is one that I am excited for, and it might end up being segue because I read the first volume earlier this year. It's one of my favorite things I read this year. Is No One Left to Fight Volume Two is out now in single issues. So no one left to fight. The writer is Aubrey Sitterson. I enjoy everything he's ever done. Um, one of his biggest things is he wrote a comic book history of pro wrestling, which was fantastic. But this no one left to fight is pretty much Dragon Ball Z with the serial numbers, you know, scraped off. It's, it's his version of Dragon Ball. But to use that concept, like, okay, one day Goku's going to wake up and know all right, I'm done. I fought everyone. How do I do now? Mm-hmm. And it's the last quest for this hero. There's nothing left to do. This is all I did all of my life. I have nothing else to live for. This is my last trip. And he gets his best friends who, if you're familiar with Dragon Ball, you know, the, this version of it, it's Vegeta and Bulma. And he's like, let's go see everyone one last time. And they just travel and see everyone and all these things come up of like, you said you were going to be back. You said you're going to take care of this. What about, you know, um, you know, what about this thing that's been lingering over us for 20 years? What about this? Like just going through and meeting up with all these people one more time and, and settling everything one last time for it. And it is drawn beautifully. The color is freaking insane. I very, like, I don't really, I appreciate coloring and lettering in comics. Mm-hmm. I always try my reviews to point out when it's very good. The coloring in this is nuts. Like, colors, I, I like, there's colors in here I thought, I don't even know what color to call that. My Coriolis did not have that color. <laughs> no matter how big the box was, this is gorgeous. Yeah. But it, it's like one last trip, let's say goodbye, <clears throat> let's put everything to bed, and then, of course, you know, a, a secret is revealed of what's really going on I, I was in and issues, you know, I was reading the first graphic ended and, and the writer is like, well, that's all we're contracted to do. I hope this sells well. Cause I would really like to finish the story. And I was like, no, no, you have to finish the story. What's happening. So volume two is coming out now. I'm so excited for it. That was like my biggest, I have to get this comic. Like if my comic store did not get it in, I would have flipped. I probably would have 
drove to the next city to get it. That's how excited I was for it. Nice. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, my next question, I'm going to combine the next two uh, questions because they, they're kind of related anyway. Uh, what are you reading next and what are you planning on reading in the future? So what what's the next book on your list? And what are you going to plan to read after that? Like, it doesn't have necessarily have to be a book, but maybe a book series you want to jump into, or what, whatever you want. Uh, Ragnar, um, I'll throw the question to you. <laughs> well, uh, the next book in my reading pile, and my, and my pile of books is rather enormous at the <laughs> moment, because I love books and... One of my hobbies is going to antique shops and thrift stores and garage sales, so I'm always just picking books up like crazy. But the next book I'm planning on reading is Yours Cruelly, Elvira, Memoirs Ooh. of the <gasps> Mistress of the Dark. I want to read that so badly! <laughs> which I had, I had pre-ordered it, and I had forgotten all about it, and the pre-order, which was the regular price, came signed. Yeah. So now I know the big spoiler in the book is that she comes out that she has a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that she's either lesbian or, or bisexual or whatever. No, she's I'm, in a relationship. She's she's with a woman like okay. full on husband for over a decade. Cool. Well, I haven't read the book yet, but I heard that part on the news. Mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, Elvira's on the news. Oh, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, so that'll be interesting, but I love Elvira, and mm -hmm. I don't know a whole lot about her outside of, you know, the character of Elvira that she plays, so I'm excited to read it, because I think it'll be very interesting, and, and probably make me want to go back and watch a whole bunch of really bad horror movies again. So that's next up for me, and then um, the next book after that that I would like to read but I don't have a copy of yet is I really want to read Ready Player Two mm -hmm. because I really enjoyed the book of Ready Player One um, which I read this summer and I didn't even realize there was a sequel and now that I know it's out there it definitely is something I want to track Awesome Um yeah, like, uh, I just wanted to go on a quick tangent about Elvira. Um, yeah, I met her 10 years ago. She was at Calgary Comic Con. And, you know, oh, for, sweet. Like, I mean, back then she was in her, still in her six, early 60s, and she still looked amazing. Like, she was so beautiful. Yep. Um, really nice person, too. Like, you know, that, that, that's a good pick, Ragnar. I'd, I'd, I'd really like to read that book. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I forget what else I was going to say. Uh, I guess that's probably it. Um, oh, Ready Player Two. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of going through the audiobook of Ready Player One. I think I've made it to Chapter Three. Um, but I, I got to find a better place to, to listen to it because I, I, I try and listen to it before I go to sleep. And then the problem is I fall asleep, and then I've lost where I'm at in it. You know, like, um, I set the timer for 30 oh. minutes, but, but, yeah, it's, I, I, I gotta, I don't know, I gotta listen to it, like, while I'm driving or something, like, 
Um, and and um, uh, Will Wheaton does a great job as a narrator. He, he's awesome in it. Oh, that'd be a good narrator for that. Yeah. yeah. He's and, got the most beautiful voice. Yep. Yeah. And, and he, I think, narrates the second one as well. So, um, All right, Lillian, uh, what are you reading next? And what are you planning on reading in the future? Um, so like I said, um, obviously I'm hoping to finish Dune, but on my list, I actually, after reading or listening to China White, I was like, I haven't really had a hankering to read fiction in forever. So all of a sudden I'm like, okay, so apparently as we learned in Parent Teachers yesterday, I need to read the fourth book of the Hunger Games series because apparently it's amazing. So we Hmm. added that to our list of things to pick up. Um, and so the Ballad of song or songbirds or whatever it's called that one has to apparently add itself to my shelf with the hunger games books um and then i was also uh, quick question how how does that come up at a parent teacher conference are they reading it in school (laughs) okay no so amanda's reading the hunger games and she was all excited about it okay and i was like oh the third book is the best book it's so epic um and he's like you know everyone says that until they've read the fourth book and i was like there's a fourth book and I assumed that this book that came out was kind of like the cursed child in Harry Potter, where mm-hmm. we just pretend this book doesn't exist because it's complete and utter crap. Yeah. Um, apparently not the case. So now I'm mm. like, Michael Googled it and I'm like, okay, we got to add this to our, I need to pick this up next time I'm near a bookstore. Cool. Um, so that's on the list. And then I also have a hankering to read and purchase. Cause I realized I don't have a complete set. I want to I want to reread Ender's Game and I want to re I want to pick up the rest of the books in that series because I don't own them and they're so amazing. So I need to pick up like Speaker for the Dead and and the others there. So um, that's on my if I can acquire these, please, pretty, pretty, please list for Christmas. Nice. So um, Um, we are working, however, on arranging bookshelves. So I need to make more space for books. Yeah, I have to do that as well. Um, so, yeah. I'm pretty simple right now, just because I've got um, I've got two audiobooks on the go, so I've got I'm surrounded by idiots on the go, and then I've got um, a parenting book on the go as well, so I'd like to finish those. All right, cool. Yeah, that's me. All right, well... Um... For myself, for what am I reading next? I'm I'm with Lillian on this one. I I actually picked up a copy of Dune. Um, I've never read Dune. Um, it oh. I, yeah, I remember <clears throat> years ago, like when I used to podcast with Calvin. Um, he's a big Dune fan, and he was like, "Dude, you got to read this. You got to read it. Got to read it." So I've been meaning to pick it up, and pick it up. And anyway, I was. Uh, <laughs> at the drugstore the other day. And of course they got, you know, the new copies of Dune out with, with the movie cast. And I, you know, I was admiring the artwork and I was like, you know what? I, I got to read this now. Like the, you know, like this is a sign, you know, like the movie looks amazing. The book is staring me in the face. So I picked it up and that's after I'm done shadows of the empire, I'm reading Dune. Um, and as far as uh, what I'm reading after that, if I, like depending on how much I love Dune, I might end up reading you know the whole Dune series. Um, but uh, that being said, um, I do know like I have 
like, I don't know, like a dozen Ben Bova books that I've been picking up over the years. Um, I, you know, he's one of my favorite authors. It's just, I haven't got around to reading all of his books yet. So I got to read, uh, Ben Bova's books. I want to continue on with the Star Wars books. Like I said, I want to read the Jedi, uh, the Jedi trilogy, uh, as well as, <clears throat> uh, choose Bakra, um, uh, Darth Plagueis, um, Scoundrels, the Timothy Zahn book about Han and La and uh, Londo, or Lando, sorry, not Londo, Lando. Um, and then also uh, John Scalzi's Old Man's War series. Um, I read the, the first one, Old Man's War, and it was awesome. Like, it was really good. Um, so I got to go back and, and catch up on the on the rest of those books. Uh, Kevin, so same question. Uh, what are you reading next and what are you planning on reading in the future? So I have a stack of, I've, I've left out and I am on Dead Reckoning's um, advanced list. Dead Reckoning is run by the United States Navy and it is military or war history or whatever stories told in graphic novel format. Cool. So, yep, I'm on their list, and they have sent me amazing stuff. Uh, I just got done with Four-Fisted Tales, which is stories of animals that have been used in combat over the centuries. That was amazing. Uh, you know, stuff you'd expect. Dogs, horses. The elephants. Know, the elephants. Yeah. But then dolphins, bears. What? Oh yeah, slugs. No, you got to hold. You got. You mice. can't say dolphins without giving us context. <laughs> <laughs> um, a dolphin can track, can catch up to and overtake a diver faster than another human can. Huh. Damn. So allegedly, because Freedom of Information Act and stuff, allegedly. Dolphins have been trained that if they see anyone diving towards a ship or anything on, you know, the coast or whatever, they are to immediately intercept them. And possibly the dolphins. Batman movie, didn't a dolphin intercept a torpedo? Yep. Possibly yep. the dolphins have been, uh, have had things attached to them as well to make this even easier to do. Allegedly. Because government denies all knowledge of this. Um, the crazy one was seagulls. So I'll, I'll tell this one because this was amazing. Um, United States subs would come to the surface and throw out bread and stuff to feed the seagulls. Repeatedly. The reason why is the seagulls got used to, if they see a giant black sur black shape below the surface, they would start congregating because it meant bread would soon be there. Well, what happened was all of your ships would wait until they saw these seagulls randomly start parking their butts somewhere on the ocean and realize that means there's a sub right below and it's not one of ours. Which is freaking brilliant. Mm -hmm. ah. There's just all sorts of stuff like that. So one of the, the one of the next ones I got to do is called Tankies. It is a history of British tank battle, and it is done by Garth Ennis. Cool, nice. Yeah. So I'm 
I'm expecting it to be bloody as hell, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to get... I, I don't want to spend the money on it, but it comes through work all the time, and I'm Who's sure I'll find it. Yeah. Sorry. Right? I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> he's, had a, he's had a long day. <laughs> Actually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just wants to sip chocolate. <laughs> um, <Gotcha. laughs> what was I? Oh, okay. So uh, I grabbed a book a while ago called Paperbacks from Hell, and it was a dive into and collection of the horror genre in mass market paperbacks. Yep. So going from, like, gothic history and then going on to, okay, here's scary kids, here's radiation, here's natural disasters. You know, all those all those cheap paperbacks that we saw when we were younger that would have, like, the die-cut cover and you flip it open and there's a skull on the second cover, you know, all that crap. Um, and it's amazing. And it caused me to buy like way too many books at like flea markets and salvation armies and stuff like that. But that guy wrote his own horror book and it's called the horror store. And it's a killer horror novel that takes place in an Ikea. And I was like, you know, lots of places to hide, lots of stuff that can be used. Yep. And and he spells horror store all stylized to, you know, much like uh, how every one of their products has its own, you know, weird name for oh, it. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a. It's. It depends on who has it. And I haven't read it yet, so I don't know where I would put it. Some people put in fiction, some people put in nonfiction. And I think it's like, it can be either, depending on your interpretation. It's called The Lady from the Black Lagoon. And it's about the woman that designed the creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. And much like many women's work at the time, was, you know, not given any credit for it. Yep. So it's a retelling of her history and all the work that she has done and her work on the movie, too. But it sounds like stuff has been put in a certain way. I don't know, you know, to because we're not sure because she has passed because this is hearsay because this is, you know, telephone game. Like, I'm not sure exactly what the line is, Mm -hmm. but I've seen it put in in both fiction and nonfiction. So I'm very curious. I want to read it on my own and make my own decision for it. Well, so are you talking about uh, the lady from the Black Lagoon, the the Hollywood Monsters and the Lost Legacy of Millicent Patrick? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I had to look it up because I'm like, how could he not be sure if this is this? And I'm actually, that's exactly what the comments say because it's written from the story of someone who is reading about the woman they learned about who is amazing. And it has epic reviews. Yeah, and and people, because I mean, like, the, the secret for libraries is, for the most part, we'll open it up and see what the like Library of Congress copyright says that it mm-hmm. should go to. But if it doesn't say, every library has to figure it out on their own. So that can be different from library to library. Hmm. So you could go to one and it's in fiction. You could go the next town over and it's in nonfiction. 
It just depends on, you know, the, your mood or who's doing it. So I'm yeah. very curious on my own. And I'm not in charge of that, so I can't change it <laughs> depending on where I think it should go. Um, and Actually, the, I'm really looking forward to You need to give us an update because the more I read about these reviews, the more it's really hit or miss. Like, it is 50-50. You've got heavy core researchers who are like, this is not a biography. And other people who are like, this book is amazing. So when you finish, please let us know. Okay. Yeah, and it might depend on what you're go what you're bringing into it too, you know. Um, and then I don't know if this is going to be garbage or not, but I just found out recently because it came through work that Rob Zombie wrote a novel, hmm. um, called The Lords of Salem. Okay. And why does that surprise me? He makes movies, so. Yeah, but God, his movies are just so fucked up. <laughs> Yep. And I I love his music. The movies are just weird, but he's just you know, if you see interviews, he's just a laid back cool guy that just likes what he likes and you know, wants to share and make stuff. So I'm very curious what he does in a novel. Does he does he keep it together or does he just say, "I don't have a budget here. I'm going to just go nuts." <laughs> yeah, no, so I'd be very curious for. It it, it does have a co-writer with it, so you know, maybe that means he's a bit reined in. I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it'd be interesting to to read, that's for sure. Um. All right, well, I added... Do a... you guys... Side, sorry, side tangent. Sure. Because we do that yep. here. Yep. Do you, are you guys aware that Rob Zombie did a Woolite commercial? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> if, you type it in on, if you type it in on YouTube, it'll come right up. Does his but wife star in it? Like, no, she does not. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it, it, it's pretty much like someone putting all of their whites on the line and, and putting them over like an old school, um, oh, what the hell's the, the metal thing that you would rub your laundry on? I can't think of the name of it right now. Oh, like, um, um like washboard? Yeah. Yep. So it's someone like, you know, dunking things in water, putting it across a washboard, stretching it across a line and everything. And like just done film super creepy, but it's all about will like getting anything out and making your whites as clean as they were when you first bought them. That's amazing. Awesome. Definitely have to check that out. Um, all right, well, I added a question. Um, I know Lillian's already kind of mentioned this, um, but audiobooks, are you are you listening to anything? So, Lillian, we'll, we'll start we with We already you. know I am. So you... <laughs> we already know that I've got Joshua Jackson coming up in my ear. Right. Um, but I found that I really love, uh, especially when driving, because I struggle with audio, like audiobooks, if not. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to have a specific mindset to pay attention to them. So when I'm at work, um, if it wasn't for the fact that I had to, I had to finish China White at work. Um, I was, it was very hard with people coming up to the desk and secretly I'm like, go away. There's a cult in my ear. Um, but, uh, no, I do have currently, uh, in my audible looks. So like I said, I've got, um, the Joshua Jackson book. And then in my library coming up, I've got, um, Actually, I have three. I've got Surrounded by Idiots by Thomas Erickson. I've got The Collapse of Parenting by Leonard Sachs. And I've got Uncommon Sense Teaching by Dr. Barbara Oakley. I just took her course on Coursera on how learning how to learn, and I loved it. So those are my hmm. three at the moment, plus my Joshua Jackson. Yeah. 
Nice. Um, he's got a new show on TV as well. Um, yes, he does. With, with Alec Baldwin. Have you seen it? Is it any good? I haven't seen it yet. I've, okay. I, I currently, we just finished binging Blind Spot. Michael has demanded that we finish Supernatural. Mm. I'm currently binging Chicago <laughs> on fire. And at the same time, we're keeping up with Rookie with Nathan Fillion and yeah. SWAT. So, I mean, we're full. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, Ragnar, are you listening to any audiobooks by chance? No, I I don't really do the audiobook thing. Um, I don't know if I've ever even really tried it, to be honest. It, it's intriguing, but usually if I'm working in the shop, I either listen to CBC Radio where I like about 60% of the content a lot and 40% mm -hmm. of the content not very much. Uh, or I listen to just podcasts. Um, but, yeah, I haven't really done the audiobook thing. I think it's because I like to just do one book at a time. Yeah. Um, if I read two or three books at a time, I get them. I eventually start getting them mixed up in my head. Um, mm. So, yeah. But it it's something I'm curious to try, and I, I might go for it sometime. I do I a would... lot of... I do a lot of long distance driving and it, it gets pretty boring on the road. I would encourage you like definitely for the long distance drives. <clears throat> it is amazing. Yep. Um, but they also have so many crafting books on there that if you are in the shop and you're doing things and you want to listen to something random, just hmm. have some fun looking at what they got for like artists and creators and biographies for people who do the things and history. Oh my gosh. So many history books. Yep. So. Cool. Okay. Um, another thing with Audible is they do, uh, also have podcasts like this podcast. Yes, they do. This podcast you're listening to right now is available on Audible, which is, which is cool. Cause I, I had no idea until I was looking on it myself and I was like, oh, cool. My podcast is on Audible. <laughs> like I said, like, like the, like, uh, last night when I was on Kevin's podcast, I was telling him, you know, how, how awesome is it was when, um, my pod, my first podcast was on iTunes and I was like, this is so cool. This is awesome. It was, I kind of had the same feeling when I typed my, you know, the pop culture pub into the audible search and it came up. I was like, Whoa, I did like, I didn't even know it was on there. So, and I'm the producer of this show. So I, that was pretty cool. Uh, so you've done, done a podcast every night this week, haven't you? Uh, Yes, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So this is my third one this week. Wow. That's awesome. You need to teach me your ways. I started a podcast, and I have not been able to. We need to talk later sometime. You need to teach me how you do the thing. I keep squirreling and forgetting. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I just I got a way of doing doing it. You know, like it's like I, like I was telling Kevin, you know, like I'm, I'm really good at carrying on a conversation, and I I. So I, there's very little dead spots when we record, so I really don't have to do much editing because I'm kind of lazy when it comes to editing. So that's my secret. Just keep yapping, and uh, people will keep listening. But anyway, uh, Kevin, um, are you listening to any audiobooks by chance? Not currently. Um, I have one I'm trying to, and I need the right time for it, and I need enough time for it. But I do podcasts constantly. I got sick of my local radio, 
So mm-hmm. the only time I have the radio on is if someone else is in the car with me or if I'm just like, oh, I'm going from home to the gas station. It's not worth starting a podcast on my phone for that mm-hmm. short of distance. Yeah. Um, and, and podcasts, uh, I'm so used to them that I can absorb the information in my subconscious, even if I'm not actively aware of what's going on. I still yep. know what's going on in a weird way. Um, and books I can't do because I've done audio books. Uh, my dad took me to Tennessee from New York to Tennessee when I was younger. We did audio books the whole way. Uh, a girl I dated many years ago, we drove from New York to California and then back. So we did audio books the whole way for that. Um, so I ended up, you know, I've done it a lot and you're right for a very long trip. It's fantastic. It mm-hmm. is better than podcasts. Can you just get wrapped up in it? But the one I really want to do is about a year ago, maybe two at this point, um, the remaining Beastie Boys released an autobiography. And it's huge. It is just like a cube of a coffee table book. It's massive. But there's an audio book version of it. So it it includes music with it as well. Cool. And it's just their careers, their influences talking about other bands, talking about samples, talking about everything that they went through and all too. And then, you know, intersperse with, you know, if, if something's worth talking about, like, okay, then there's this song, there's a little bit of it too, to just kind of like get you in the mood for it as well. It's long, it's a long audiobook, but God, I want to listen to it so bad. Cause I think that it would just be more enjoyable than reading it for that one. Yep. So I've already checked it out like three times and not gotten to it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. Well, for me, um, uh, audiobooks, I just finished an audiobook called Babylon Confidential and it's, uh, the biography of Claudia Christian, uh, the actress who played Commander Ivanova on Babylon 5. I actually interviewed her back in 2013, I think. Uh, about this book because cool. um, in this book you know she she really throws it out there like she's she's really honest because um, she's an alcoholic and she really hit rock bottom for a while um, so she was very honest in this in this book and yeah she was like my first celebrity I ever interviewed and it was for this book and I, I bought the book um from her and she sent it to me and she autographed it and everything which was awesome but then i made a mis- the mistake of lending it to somebody before i actually read it myself and i never got it back um so i was a little little peeved about that and then i seen uh it was on audible so i was like oh um you know and she narrates it so i was like well i'll just listen to it and it it's only a six hour audiobook, but there's a lot in it. Like it, it, you know, like it feels longer than, than six hours in, in a good way. Um, so I, you know, if you're a Babylon five fan, I highly recommend it. She's, she's amazing. Um, I listened to last month, uh, true believer, the rise and fall of Stan Lee. Um, this one was a hard one to get through. Not, not because it wasn't, good like the information was was good and the narrator was good it's just they like most people 
when they talk about Stan Lee, like he's kind of like a like a he's been elevated to sainthood. Um, even before he passed, you know, everyone loves Stan. I love Stan. Um, you know, I got to meet him back in when was that 2012? Yeah. Um, one of the you know greatest moments of my life was was being able to stand next to Stan Lee. But you know, Stan is or was uh, a person, and he made mistakes growing up, and and you know, in the comic book industry, uh, and he was a boss. You know, like a lot of people forget that. You know, like he he was the guy that laid people off. He was the guy that you know, and there's been you know a lot of controversy over the years. Um, with with Stan taking credit for and not giving credit to to other people that you know helped create these characters and stuff and and this book really makes it really humanizes Stan. You see Stan in a in the non saintly way. Um, so there's a lot of controversy. Like I know Roy Thomas, I think, spoke out against this book, and a bunch of other people did too, but. You know, you know, I love Stan, you know, he's like, I kind of, he's always had that vibe of, you know, he's like everyone's grandpa, you know, like he's just the guy that you would just, you know, that you just love. Um, and, you know, and, and when he, and when he would tell his stories about creating comic books and, and all this stuff, you know, and he had that voice and he had his way of telling these stories. Um, but were they completely accurate? Probably not. And, you know, this book kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say throw shade to Stan, but it, it humanizes him. It, it makes him a real person beyond the, the myth. Um, so well, what I, kind of a person doesn't have conflicts or issues? Like, the comic book well, industry has had a lot of drama and it has had a lot of change. So, I mean... Yeah. Well, and, and, and the thing, too, like with Stan is, like I said, he was the boss you know, in a lot of ways, and he had to answer to corporate. Uh, so he said and did things that weren't always popular with the writers. And and that that's just the position he was in. And, you know, um, it, it, it's honestly like the comic book industry. Like, there's also another audio book that I highly recommend. It's uh, the Marvel Comics, The Untold Story. I've, I've talked about it before. Uh, it's really good. Um, but comic books are just like any other business. Like, there's bosses, there's people you have to answer to, you know, there's controversial choices, there's people that get fired, there's, you know, people that quit. Um, you know, it, it, it's really just like any other business. And uh, Stan Lee, you know, he was just, he was a man, you know? Like, I mean, just like any of us, you know? But anyway, it was it was really good, but it really does, you know, show different show different light on Stan. Um, so the last one I wanted to talk about is something I'm still listening to. the the second ver the second season I guess just came out, and that's the Sandman by uh, it's it it's the audio book version of the Sandman comic book by Neil Gaiman. And the thing with this audio these audio books um, is they're, they're um, not narrated by one person. They're, they are like a radio drama. 
Uh, so for ex- I'll just read off some of the people that are involved in this. Uh, Neil Gaiman is the narrator of the of the Sandman. James McAvoy is the voice of Morpheus. Cat uh, Dennings is the voice of Death. Uh, Taryn Egerton is John Constantine. Um, Andy Circus is Matthew. Jeffrey Wright is Destiny. John Lithgow is Emperor Joshua Norton. David Tennant is Loki. Uh, Kevin Smith is uh, Mervyn Pumpkinhead. Um, mm. Like, there's so many uh, big names attached to this. It's really amazing. And they just came out with the second season. Um, but it, it's funny because. I, I, I got I what I have to do and I've been really thinking about this I think what I have to do is just go somewhere put listen to this audio drama with headphones on and just sit there and listen to it because I've been listening to this uh before going to bed and it like the sandman it literally puts me to sleep and and not because it's bad it's just the voices are so great like Neil Gaiman like as the narrator um like that, like if you if you're ever having a hard time sleeping, just get that guy to read the phone book to you, and he'll soothingly <laughs> he'll soothingly put you to sleep. Um, like, but it's it's an awesome audio drama. Um, like I said, the second season just came out on Audible, so I'll probably be getting that next. And it is a Netflix series, I think, is coming out in November or December. I be- I believe so. Yeah. So yeah, it looks really good. The 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 trailer that I saw, um, yeah. with with Charles Dance, you know, because basically in the trailer it's basically the first chapter of the first gra- of the first graphic novel of the Sandman. So like the first audio drama. Um, so yeah, it looks amazing. I I can't wait to see that. And listening to these uh, these books is, is really good. Um, all right. Well, I believe we can call that an end to our reading list of 2021. So let's move on to our next segment, which is brain candy. So this segment is, uh, what are we listening to reading, uh, watching on TV, movies, whatever. Um, Ragnar, what's first up on your list in brain candy or what's on your list in brain candy? I'm. Uh, I tried to watch this show on on Netflix. It's called Another Life, and it's oh, like yeah. a, a sci-fi show. It stars Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica fame. Yep. And there are a lot of elements I like about it, but as a whole, I think it kind of sucks. I've heard I was that. Really bummed. It it's. The music is horrific. It's like this awful pop music. And it feels kind of like it's supposed to be like a CW teen melodrama, mm-hmm. except it stars adults. And it's so riddled with bad writing and plot holes that it's it. after a while you just get pissed off at it. And so it, it was a cool concept. And it has big production values and and some decent named actors, but I'm I'm gonna give it a three out of ten and, and recommend to people <laughs> go watch The Expanse because mm-hmm. that's what this show is trying to be and failing miserably. 
Did so. I was really bummed because because normally everything Katie Sackhoff has been in, I've liked. This is the first thing I've been in, and she's fine. But this is the first thing I've been in where I'm like, this project's no good. Yeah, I, I love this Katie one's, Sackhoff. This one's, this one's garbage. Yeah. Yeah. That that. That was one I was thinking about checking out, but I, I looked into it, and yeah, it, it wasn't getting good reviews. Have you seen the second season at all? Well, I, I watched the first two episodes of season two, and then I decided, you know what, I'm okay. done with this show. Okay, because yeah. some people... it just kept picked up for another season, it though? It did, it did just get picked yeah. up for Because I, heard... I saw the announcement Which for I, I won't and be I was like, oh, is this any good? No. Well, I, I think if you were like, I think if you were like 12 or 13 or maybe even a little bit younger or a year or two older than that, like early teens, it'd probably be pretty darn great. But if you've seen any other good sci-fi shows like The Expanse or any of the old Star Treks or Babylon 5 or Battlestar Galactica, it's no good. So, But if you'd never seen any of those shows and you were a teenager, yeah, you'd probably dig it. Okay. So, if this had been done in the 90s, it probably would have been good. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have been too bad. Although, I still... I find the their constant use of, of pop, like, modern, whiny, sugary pop music just so at odds with what's going on in the in this, this show. Hmm. It, it really distracted me from, from the, the show. And, and then, yeah, there's just so many inconsistencies with all the characters that it's it's it gets really annoying after a while. Well, that's but, too bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think it was a I think it was a good concept, and it just wasn't written well. And then you know the writing is bad. Well, it's pretty hard to make the rest of it be good. Yeah, yeah, because I love Katie Sackhoff. Like she's she's so yeah. Funny. She was but, awesome in The Mandalorian. She was yep. awesome in Battlestar Galactica. She was awesome in Longmire. And then this show, I'm like... Old, she was in Longmire? Uh, I haven't finished that one yet. Oh, yeah. She's like the... She's one of the police officers. I need to go back to that show. Yeah. She's totally kick-ass in it. All right. But, uh, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I'm going to say 3 out of 10. Do not recommend. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, Lillian, um... Do you have anything for brain candy this week? Well, we already know I vomited out everything I'm watching. A moment <laughs> ago. <laughs> so we know that Lily is currently watching Supernatural with Michael, her son. Um, we're we're, we're uh, keeping up the rookie just re-aired with Nathan Fillion. Um, and I love that show so much. Um, I was a little hesitant after Nathan came off of Castle, mm-hmm. um, and then he jumped into this one. And the cast, the supporting cast, is so amazing that I mean, it's not like Nathan is just the the greatest B end and all and end. Like he's just, it's such a good cast. Um, love it to pieces. It's cheesy. It's silly. It's fun. And he's lost a ton of weight. Um, he's just shrunk. And uh, but I mean, um, other than that. I don't know. Netflix just, they came out with a couple new shows in the last little bit that I've kind of been eyeing. Mm-hmm. One of which, um, so the character who plays Draco, the gentleman who plays Draco Malfi in Harry Potter, yep. uh, Netflix just dropped um, his new World War II movie. Um, and it, apparently it's not terrible, but it's weird because 
It's like, um, you know, when you have that moment where you have an actor from something that you watched and then they're branching into something else and you're still kind of just distancing yourself from them as that one role, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but other than that, pretty much just, uh, there's nothing really that's caught my eye as of late that I have to watch. Um, I'm just, I'm just, you know, sometimes when you get in that thing, you start rewatching. So, like I said, I'm rewatching Chicago Fire right now just because it's on Netflix and I love it. Um, and then I'll probably wind up moving over into Chicago PD and then I'll probably go into Chicago Bed because it's winter time and it's that time of year where you just need happiness to keep you going. <laughs> yep. Excellent. But I mean, if anything else comes out, like, there, there's, who knows? There's so, there's new shows dropping in December. The new Witcher comes out. So, like, I don't know. I think I'm just in a holding pattern for something good. Yeah, there's so much coming out. Um, like, yeah. um, next month, new season of Yellowstone. Um, Which like, you have made me realize I need to watch. So oh. that's on my list of things to watch. In fact, work is quieting down a little bit. Um, and so I can get away with watching TV again. If any of my coworkers are listening to this, I'm not watching TV at the front desk. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved Yellowstone. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, what else is coming out? Well, the, like I said, the Sandman. Uh, there's the Hawkeye series coming out. Oh, um, yes. The, the new season of their the last season of The Expanse. Um, uh, New Year's Eve, Cobra Kai season four comes out. Yeah, there's so much coming out. That I yeah, literally just waiting for the good stuff. Yeah, and all uh, the Star Wars shows. Oh yeah, the Book of Boba Fett I think comes out right. That's the next one. Yeah, yeah. that's for my husband's wheelhouse. Nice. Yeah. Well, he's got a good wheel. Star Wars shows, sweetie. Um, when you guys talk Star Wars, we have to have the husband creature on. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> the husband creature. <laughs> um, he loves me. Poor Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, well, for this week for Brain Candy, I got a couple of things. Um, I just last weekend watched the Brittany Murphy documentary on HBO Max. Um, oh, how was that? It, it it was it was a good documentary. Like I didn't know a lot about what was happening with her in the last few years because um, I loved Brittany Murphy. Like I I still remember her as that girl on Clueless. You know that that I thought was mm-hmm. beautiful. You know, like I just I love those she eyes. Beautiful. She's just, oh. And she she's she, sorely missed. Yeah, she she really was a good actress. Like she, you know, she really uh, in those in every movie she did. Um, she, she was really good. Like she, you know, had, a, she was a great actress and it, it was really sad, you know, that she passed away so young and it, you know, like in this documentary, you find out about her husband and he died kind of the same way she died. Um, and you know, we, you know, cause she lost so much weight, you assumed, you know, she was doing drugs, but she actually wasn't and it's crazy like like if her husband had just took her to the hospital she'd still be alive today like it's it's crazy um you know if you're not feeling good go to the hospital like i can't i can't stress that enough 
And I think she was like 32 or 33 when she passed away. Mm-hmm. And such Here's a shame. And, and yeah, like her husband kind of, you know, because he was older than her. And it almost sounded like he, it, the way the document, I don't want to spoil too much, but the, he was basically like a predator. Like he was this guy that, who was supposed to be like a, you know, uh, a Holly, he was a Hollywood uh, script writer or whatever, but he never actually made anything. And he just kind of used women and lived off them and. Unfortunately, Brittany Murphy, you know, got caught up and, and she ended up dying and and she didn't need to like it. it it's nuts. Um, but if you don't know too much about it, I, I recommend watching it. it. It was a well put together documentary. Um, Will I cry? Probably, probably. Okay, that's- I, I, I just felt I felt so sad at the end. Like it like, you know, like that, you know, when when because I. Uh, um, they would show scenes from her different movies and she, you know, she was such a good actress. Like you, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's just a shame. Um, but, uh, the second thing on my list is a couple weeks ago, I went and watched the new James Bond movie, no time to die. Um, I, I, I really liked it. Uh, I give it a solid four out of five. It, it was good. Um, I need to watch that. I would say it's probably my second favorite Bond movie. Um, Skyfall is my favorite Bond movie of all time. I, I thought that was such a good movie. This is probably number two. Um, like, they did a really good job of wrapping up uh, Daniel Craig's run as James Bond. And I know there was a lot of, you know, like, people were saying it was woke or it might be woke because there's a female 007 you know black lady i i didn't think she was bad at all i thought she was amazing i thought she was perfect that sounds rad to me <laughs> yeah I, I thought she was great i mean you know I, because there was a, a scene in in the tra- or a, a shot in the trailer when she kind of makes fun of bond being like a guy or something and everyone's like ugh, you know they're doing the woke thing it's not like that at all i don't i didn't think um, I thought she was fantastic and, um, yeah, it, it was a great Bond film, you know, um, you know, and, and it's no spoiler to say that Daniel Craig's not coming back. You know, he, he has gone on record saying that this is the last movie he was doing. He had said that last movie as well, uh, Spectre, but Spectre, they kind of, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, something went wrong with that one. The, the that end, movie was crap. Let's just—it was awful. <laughs> well, the, plain the, simple. I think I was okay up until the end, um, when the big reveal that Blofeld was, you know, behind all, you know, like he was doing that whole speech, like I was behind it all. I was, you know, all your misfortunes, and they showed, like, Lashif from Casino Royale. They showed the dude from. Quantum of Solace, they showed what's his name from Skyfall, and I'm like, no, like, I know for a fact that you weren't behind it. Like, it, it, to me, it was kind of like the Emperor showing up in Rise of Skywalker. And he's like, oh, I'm, I've been, you know, it's been me all along. It's like, no, it hasn't. You know, you just wrote that. You know, like, you, you weren't behind this all. And, like, with Blofeld and Spectre, like, I know for a fact that they weren't involved because the first two Daniel Craig movies, uh, 
that's why they created the the organization Quantum because they didn't have the rights mm-hmm. to Spectre or Blofeld. So I know for a fact he wasn't behind them, but then they tried to retcon it and it just didn't work. So I, so that so Spectre if that was Daniel Craig's last movie, I would have been severely disappointed. So I'm glad that he came back for this one because he ended his Bond arc in a in a good way, I think. Um, that makes me happy. Yeah, I was yeah. very happy. Uh, my only complaint, the reason why it doesn't get a 5 out of 5 for me, my only complaint, and it's not a bad one, um, like Rami Malek uh, plays the bad guy in this movie. He was creepy and awesome, but we didn't get to see enough of him. That's my complaint. Um, he's kind like he's kind of like Darth Maul, like in the Phantom Menace, where... You think he's going to be, you know, you're going to see so much of him and he's going to be kick-ass. And he is kick-ass in the scenes he's in, but he's actually not in much of the movie at all. And I kind of, and that's kind of what happened with Rami Malek is I wanted to see more of his of the villain, but we didn't really see much. And, and it's crazy because it's a two-hour and 40-minute movie. I would have been willing to go three hours if there was more. Ra- if they put that extra twenty minutes towards Rami Malek, because he was really good. Um, He's an awesome actor. So yeah, I just he there just wasn't enough of him in this movie. Like I, you know, I just feel feel like he kind of got, you know, wasted, and it's that's my only complaint. And it's not. And like I said, when he's in it, he's amazing. So it's it's a minor complaint, but. Other than that, it's it's an awesome film. Highly recommend it. Uh, Kevin, what do you have this week for Brain Candy? So I only made it as far as episode two of Squid Game. And mm-hmm. that episode two was such a downer and so depressing. And I'm like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> I can't do this level. So I finished that second episode said, all right, I'm going to take a little break. I don't know how people marathoned it in a day to just get it done. It's going to probably take me a month. Like, okay, I got an hour that I feel like I feel okay today. I feel like I could handle this. I got about an hour. Let me do that. And then I'm going to feel like crap when it's done. Say, okay, got to walk away from it again. Do so it I'm- at your own pace. No trauma. We don't want you to have PTSD. We, w- we would like you to return. Yeah. That- you know, safely. <laughs> That, that second one is one of the most downer episodes of anything I've ever watched. It oh, my worse. God. Uh, oh, yeah. awesome. I was going to say, I don't, even, I don't even remember the second episode compared to some of the other shit. That oh, yeah. Was it the second episode, the one with the, the giant robot girl? No, it's the first episode. No, that's, that's the first, first episode? Okay. I never actually watched it. I watched the movie recaps talking about it on YouTube. Oh, you, you should watch it. it it's very it will make you very happy and feel good about everything <laughs> well my question is did okay you guys that are like kevin and you and ragnar lillian did you guys watch it uh with the subtitles or dubbed like which is the way to watch it subtitles yeah the subtitle one is the better way to go the dubbed the, the, voices just the are dub, weird the dubbed voices are so bad so bad yeah i i <laughs> I was playing around with my focus of it, which is why I didn't do the subtitled, but the dubbed is terrible. It is not a good job of the dubbing. Nope. So I would agree with it. 
Well, and, and another thing oh. for for me too is. I, I have a hard time when robots do creepy ass things. And what I mean is like that giant uh, robot girl, like when she's moving her eyes, that is like the creepiest looking thing ever. Like one of the creepiest well, looking things. If you think of it from the standpoint that it's a computer that is scanning, yeah. it's less creepy. So yeah. if you take away the, the component of that, but you can always just skip to the part where everyone's dead. <laughs> well, I was also going to say mo- most of the show is not about creepy robots. No, there's, that's really only the first that, episode. That one scene. Yeah, yeah. But sorry, Kevin, I, I hijacked you there. No, I'm sorry. On this show, never. Um, earlier today, uh, Pokemon, what is it called? Master Journeys, I think, is the current season that's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, they released a whole season of Journeys, which is... Uh, the newest one and then this is master journey so it's a new level but my kid was like oh let's get through a couple episodes all right sure buddy we'll watch a few and then something happened in one of them that the two of us were just like hitting each other on the couch going what what how is this possible how is this happening (laughs) so here he is at eight i'm 43 and we're going nuts for pokemon because i was just so shocked at what happened in the episode and he was too and we're wondering what it means for the future and how it's going to play out. they did a good job, time. right? Cause... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was going nuts. And we're like, well, does this mean this can happen, too? What about this? How did this happen? All like, just it's a blast. And then my, my favorite thing lately, I don't think I mentioned it on last episode. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Um, There was a Spider-Man cartoon that ran like 2017 to 2020, give or take. And the whole thing is now on Disney Plus. And it's pretty much the, the super simple ver- description I can give for it is Peter and his friends are all in a um, special high school for very smart kids. And all of the teachers are either Spider-Man villains or connected to them. So it is high school drama with Spider-Man for the whole thing. Um, so his, his classmates are Harry Osborn, of course, Miles Morales, Gwen Stacy. And you end up recognizing some other names, too. It's like, wait a minute, are they using that name? Is that who I think it's going to be? And then like two, three episodes later, it's exactly who you think it's going to be. Um Norman Osborn runs a competing school for ge- for child geniuses. Um, Dr. Otto Octavius is one of the teachers. <laughs> um, Adrian Toomes is working as a teacher. Um, what's his... I can't remember his name. The guy that ends up becoming the Jackal and the whole Clone Saga thing is oh, one of the teachers. Yeah. Um. It just ends up being so much fun. And there's people that have been in the background the whole time, just like random friends or or a random teacher. I'm like, I know who this is. I know who they're going to be. I don't know when they're doing it, but I know it's coming. And it's just been so much fun for it, too. He's been loving it. And then he's like, when's Venom coming? I was like, I'm sure Venom will be on one of these, buddy. Don't you worry. Um, Flash Thompson is on there and is a delight like for a character that's usually a joke or just filler like so fun 
Um, I love Black Cat. That's probably my favorite Spider-Man villain, and she doesn't really count as a villain most of the time. So I had to have an in-depth conversation with my kid about why I like Black Cat, but not tell some of the reasons why I like Black Cat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're eight. You don't need to know all the reasons. Um, but it was just, it's been so much fun watching it and him getting into it and stuff. But then you see, like, I can see why they put the people they did into it. Like, between Miles, Gwen Stacy, and you have... um what's her name, Anya, who has nothing's happened yet, but I know it will. I'm like, this is the most diverse cast of superheroes on anything ever right here. And it makes sense. That it's just like, hey, we have a school for the gifted in New York City. Guess what? It's probably going to be a diverse classroom. That, that just should be the way it's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, most of their, because every, every year, they every class, they have to be working on something. Like, what's your project? Coincidentally, a lot of their projects end up being, like, uh, enhancements for the superhero suits. <laughs> so it, it is kind of goofy and silly, but it's just been loads of fun. So I'm so excited that he, he picked it all on his own. I don't think I would have watched it. I enjoy all the Marvel cartoons, but, you know, I haven't, like, really done a Destination watch for one of those in forever. Mm-hmm. This is fun. I was actually, I was a little upset about watching Pokemon tonight because I wanted to continue with all the Spider-Man stuff. I love it. But, oh, it's well worth seeking out, too. It's been a blast for it. Um, J. Jonah Jameson just showed up. I've been very excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, I've um, been seriously thinking about picking up uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. Based on you talking about yeah. it last episode, because um, I, I was at one of our stores here in town and they were selling it, it. It's a Batman Brave and the Bold, but it comes like in a lunch kit type of thing. But it's only like I don't know three or four episodes. So I was like, eh. so I tried looking it up on streaming, and it's you have to buy it from iTunes. Like it's not available anywhere yeah. in Canada. So, but I mean, it's only fifteen bucks for the first season. So I'm really thinking about getting it because that sounds awesome. Um, I, I, I did. Sorry, just for a yeah. counter to the children's one, I did finally finish Harley Quinn season two. Um, and then the DC Fandom event, they announced season three is coming, but it takes a long time to animate it. <laughs> oh, okay. And it's good, I'm assuming. That, oh my god, it's so filthy. It's so violent. It's such an R-rated show. Characters show up that you're like, that's the most obscure, random, no one has ever heard of DC character. And then you have major DC characters. You're like, how are you working this person into Harley Quinn? Like, they are just two different levels of story here. Yeah. It all works, though. It all works, and it's brilliant fun. And then there's a real, not to spoil anything, but there's a real heart and an emotional story that's going on underneath throughout. And when it finally bubbles up, you're like, holy shit, how did I not see this coming the entire time? Cool. Awesome. All right. Um, well, let's move on to our Enders segment. So for this segment, we're just talking about geek news and, and whatever else. I have nothing this week, but I know Kevin has something. So, Kevin, take it away. What do you got this week for Enders? All right. I got 
I got one other quick thing, because Chris, you pulled this before in the middle of the show when something came out while we were recording. Oh, okay. Um, um, have has anyone seen the Alec Baldwin thing that just broke? I, I just saw that a couple minutes ago. Yeah, I just Holy literally saw that a, yeah. a minute ago. Yeah. Man, I got. I feel bad for him. Oh, that sucks. Holy yeah. what? I just Googled it. Oh, my God. Yeah, because I, I was like, why is Brandon Lee trending on Twitter? Yeah, I was I was thinking, yeah, it's just like the Brandon Lee thing. Yeah, and I don't, I, I certainly don't blame him. I don't think no. he should go to jail or anything. It's, oh. it's a horrible accident. But I like, mean, How many times on set do we have issues with guns? Like, come exactly. on. Exactly. You would think in this day and age, though, that a prop firearm killing someone, like, what? Well, it should never happen. I don't well, understand. How I don't understand. Like, well, yeah, this day and age, like, why do you need to use blanks? You can just CGI it. Like, yeah. even then, like, how, it's a cinematographer was killed. She wasn't even on set. Yeah, it sounded like he was just showing and it off. And the director, at it like, was fighting? <laughs> No, it sounds like uh, it kind of sounds like they were taking a break and ready to set up uh, another shot and just playing around with it because it's a blank. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. In in theory, and it yeah. just happened. It, it was cinematographer and what was it? A, a director. Yeah, but the director. He, it seems like he'll be okay. Joel Souza, yeah. So. Yeah, that's. It, that's I, I mean, like. Yeah. Do, yeah, so now, like, do you shut down the set entirely? Do you go ahead? Does Alec Baldwin even want to come back? Yeah, that's got to be tough mean, for him. Like, yes. how even? No, and, and and say what you will about him, and I, I understand people that, you know, I mean, I like him on various things, but I understand mm-hmm. why people don't for, you know, many reasons, but he's not a bad guy that would have wanted anything like this to happen. No, dear God, no. You know? So yeah, I'm I'm gonna be interested in how that one goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you you guys are absolutely right. Like, have a dummy gun in your hand for the shot and CGI the firing. Yep. You don't need something to go off like a blank. You absolutely don't need it. And and I gotta imagine, you know, in, I mean, they just had everyone nearly strike. Too and avoided there's it. There's still by stuff going on with the IATSE, right? Yeah, yeah. There's still details to go out. There, there's enough that they could go on set. Because what happened was, um, a lot of the production, the producers and the higher ups were like, "Yeah, go on strike. We'll hire scabs." Well, what they didn't realize is most of these people own their equipment too. So not only would you have had to hire scabs, you'd have to hire scabs that have their own equipment, which is very expensive. And you can't just hire someone off the street, pay a minimum wage, and expect them to know how to run this equipment. So that's why they caved. They're like, okay, we we literally have no one else that can do this. So we're kind of stuck. I would think something like safe work environment around blanks might be added to the list at this point. Piggybacking onto this, actually, um, uh, uh, Ruby, who played Batwoman, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ruby Rose, right? She just yep. posted like a scathing thing about what <clears throat> happened on the set of Batwoman when things were with the pandemic and the injuries and people almost getting killed. Like it is intense to read, especially with everything going on with all this. 
Um, it's it's definitely interesting to see her perspective of what happened because that was just posted. Her um, she uh, responded to the allegations and about everything. Like it's pretty interesting. Well, she, well, she if I remember correctly, she had to have like back surgery or something, right? Oh, she did. She was damaged, but she's not the only one. Yeah, there were multiple people who were hurt on set because of the way things were being done. And I'm like, in this yeah. day and age, that's that shouldn't be happening. No, nope. no, and and it seems the counter is she was a bitch on set, and I don't care. And if apparently, she said she has to be she safe. Was, um, seen as being very uh, uh, prickly about things because she said like there was so much she was arguing with them about when it came to safety on set and scheduling and all these things. Yeah. Um, and the way she puts it from her side was that um, she's like, ask the people that I worked with about why I was that way. And I'm like, I want more of this story. Yeah. But. Well, and it it's not a thing like we have, stories of people not being safe to speed through it for as cheap as they can or to get what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, Lita, who was uh, a star in wrestling at WWF, WWE, Attitude Era stuff, she guest starred on, I want to say it was Dark Angel, but I'm not entirely sure. And they had her do a stunt. It was just her normal wrestling move, which she's done in the ring hundreds of times. But doing it on a stage was different, and she swung down wrong and broke her neck. Mm-hmm. But ended up, like, thought she was okay, finished filming, and then was like, oh, shit, I broke my neck. You know, so obviously yeah. she was out a year, year plus. Um, Was it Rose McGowan, I think, that was playing the... Was Rose McGowan the daughter in True Lies? Uh, I only know I, her from Charmed. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, okay, let's let's say that she was. Apparently, she was propositioned by um, the prop master, and it sounds like this happens a lot. And she was underage, and that happens a lot in Hollywood as well. And suddenly, when they do the stunt the next day, her safety gear isn't tight and actually keeping her protected. Weird. Hmm. Weird, weird that they would slack out of nowhere after she refused a grown man's advances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if, if, if the only counter for Ruby Rose is, well, she was difficult on set. Good. It sounds like that's the only way to, to cause any change. Yeah. Tina Fey has a quote of, like, people say I'm a bitch. Go ahead. Call me bitch. Bitches get stuff done. Yep. And that's the only counter they have for Ruby Rose. No one has said, oh, no, that didn't happen. We didn't make people work crazy hours. People didn't get hurt. The only counter people said is, well, she was nasty on set. Sounds like she's right. Well, yeah. it's, it's un- unfortunately when it comes to that, it's a lot of there's. Defamation is, a, is an easy way to, to dis like to discredit someone from saying something if there was stuff happening. So yeah. I know that people like in the Ruby Rose situation where she was like late to set apparently and disregarded the lower minions on set and all these different things. And she's come back yesterday with some very interesting comments. So at the end of the day, if we're not there, we don't know. Yeah. But when you're putting millions of dollars into a production, safety should be key. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Yep. Down to nothing. Like, I don't care if you don't like people, like people die making movies for us. Not they shouldn't. Yeah. 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 No one should die making a movie. 
So, um, all right. So later news then. <laughs> Let's up. Uh, so Marvel announced everything next year is pushed back about two months to three months. Yeah. Um, what, what's up with that? All right. So Eternals is coming out on time. Spider-Man No Way Home is coming out on time. Doctor Strange was supposed to be February. It's now going to be May. And then everything else got pushed back a little bit as well. So okay. one one site said, oh, it's massive rewrites and massive changes and stuff happening. No, you're not. If, if you thought until a week ago that Doctor Strange was coming out in February, it's already filmed. You're not doing massive rewrites and massive refilming. Like that was already done. You're in the you're in the effects portion of it at that in late well, October. If you thought it, this was coming out yeah. in February, um, I think Marvel took the break because of COVID, got stuff going, and maybe got too much going all at once. Mm-hmm. So I think they could be like because I mean. You know there are people right now that are working on movies we won't see for two years plus. And mm-hmm. that's their full-time job is just working on that movie and not saying a word to anyone about it. So all that all that machine is already going for all of this. And Marvel has everything plotted out so far out and so meticulously. They're not changing anything going – I mean, they might change – a little bit or an edit or let's do another take, but they're not making broad changes or changing characters or anything like that. I'm sure um, Chadwick Boseman died and messed up Black Panther and stuff too. But with how much all of those are lined up, if you have one thing go wrong, it messes up the whole line. Yep. Just look at um, Black Widow coming out when it did. And then stuff isn't totally lining up. You're like, well, what's going on? What's going on with her sister? What's her deal? When is she coming back? Like, <coughs> a lot of people ended up getting confused with what exactly is going on in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Falcon Winter Soldier and Black Widow, um, I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's out, but it's recent, so I don't want to spoil too much. But there's, there's a character in both. It's like, well, where does this line up? When did mm-hmm. this character officially show up? Like, what's actually happening here? And it, and that's just one, and it messes it up a bit. Yeah. So I can see Marvel saying, like, we just need a bit of a breathing room. We need to make sure everything gets done. If we move one, we have to move everything. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What I think is happening, though, because we got something else going on in the world right now. Now, I don't know how you guys have done in Canada with your shopping or anything lately, but I just today saw some Eternals toys, and that comes out in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I can't say I've seen any. Yep. I haven't seen anything for Spider-Man No Way Home. Nope, nothing. Nope. Um, the Shang-Chi stuff was clearanced already by the time it came out, because it kind of came out like after the movie had been released. Um. Top Gun merchandise came out and had to be pulled already because the movies pushed back a year. Black Widow stuff came out when there was a movie for months because that got pushed back. And we have this giant shipping problem on the West Coast right now. I think stuff got pushed back because they're like, listen, part of these movies is 
billions of dollars worth of merchandise, toys, stuffed animals, T-shirts, posters, you know, toothbrushes, lunch pails, everything. Part of any of these Marvel movies is having all that bullshit for everyone to spend money on, and that's where they actually make their millions and billions. Yep. If we can't get that product into stores, we're losing all of that money. But if we push everything back a little bit, this should correct itself in time that we can get our merchandise in stores and make all of our money as the movies are in theaters. Yep. I think you're right. That's what I think it actually is. Yep. Well, and, and like that whole shipping thing, like it, it's, it's a big deal. Like I, like where I work, it's affecting us. Um, and, and that's crazy that, uh, you know, I, like I, I'm not sure what it is if, if it's people not showing up for work or or what it is. Um, uh, it's it's a whole lot of different things all converging at yeah, the same time. That's what I was saying. A lot of variables. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I, and I could definitely see it affecting like what you were what you were saying, Kevin. That you know, with all this merchandising and stuff, like yeah, there's probably stuff that they had that is sitting in sea cans. That ain't, ain't getting the store shelves anytime soon. Yeah, and and there's so much. I mean, we we could go for hours upon hours, but there's so much with the attitude of like, well, there's not enough people. Why isn't there enough people? All right, for those shipping containers, you can't get someone right off the street to do all of that. Yeah, and right now it's not a downtime to take your time training someone brand new either. Mm-hmm. The companies at this point are like, well, we want we want people to work, you know, twelve hour shifts or doubles or whatever. Okay, you're going to pay me more? No, 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 we're not going to pay you more. So yeah. you then? Yeah, I'm not going to kill myself for that if you're not going to pay me more. Yeah. And then I just saw one today. Um, I don't know last time any of you applied for jobs, but the majority of jobs right now you can't walk in an application. You have to do it online. Mm-hmm. And the issue for that is now it's a computer program, now it's an algorithm, now it's someone in an office somewhere. It's not any manager actually in the place that you are applying for that's looking at it. It's some computer or someone elsewhere checking it first. And all they're seeing is, do you check off the right boxes in this program? And if you don't, they dump it. You could be a perfect applicant. You could start that day, but they will never actually see it. Because the way those hiring processes are set up mm-hmm. is all computer-based now. So they're just like, oh, we need someone, you know, we need an 18-year-old kid that's willing to work for minimum wage, and that's it. So if you don't fit those qualifications, our computer system's just going to dump you out, and you're never going to get a phone call even. Mm-hmm. And if you walk up to someone <clears throat> in, in many places now, hi, I'd like to apply for a job. Well, you have to do it online. Yep. Okay, but I'm here right now. No, yeah. you get, our, our setup is you got to do online. Yeah. But I'm here right now looking at you, and they won't even bother with it. Yep. No, the, the hiring process is broken, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah, the the days of you handing in a resume and then getting a call back the next day are, are gone. And it, it's unfortunate. It really is. Because I think, you know, uh, employers lose out on good talent because, you know, the, you know, because of the way the process is now. But yeah, and and the the free thinking is gone too. Mm-hmm. You would think people would say, "Listen, my system is broken. I need people. 
I'm going to go outside the box and hire people on my own. Yep. And if they complain, I'll say, yeah, but I got a staff. You told me to get a staff and I have it. Mission accomplished. What are you complaining about? Yep. I did my job. But they can't even think outside the box like that. Well, my handbook says to do this. Your handbook's bullshit right now. Yep. Adapt. <laughs> yep. But uh I'm so I'm so I'm so glad I'm self employed. I, I do not miss <laughs> do not miss all that bureaucracy Stuff. Well, uh, and I do envy you, uh, Ragnar, but I also know you put a lot of work into into what you do. So, oh, oh, heck yeah! Oh, yeah. come on, a lot I of traveling. Easy, any mook can make that leatherworking, you know, <laughs> drinking horn. Yeah. Come on, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they kind of just make themselves. You know. <laughs> you're crazy talented, and you know you're epic. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but, um, well, on that note, uh, we can call this an also, episode. Also, one tiny thing. Did anyone see about the Mel Gibson dropping John Wick TV series? I mean, not they dropped that Mel Gibson's going to be in the new John yeah. Wick series. He's, they're doing a yeah. John Wick TV series? Yeah. So oh. they just, uh, two days ago, yeah. it dropped that Mel Gibson has been set to star in The Continental, which is the prequel to the John Wick series. Um, huh. And there's been a lot of interesting uh, stuff I've seen online, especially since it's been a while since Mel Gibson has been on something like this. And there's been a, quite a few celebrities who have gone to bat for him saying, mm-hmm. yeah, we know about, you know, the racism and the abusive partner stuff. But, you know, he's grown as a person. Uh, and I'm like, OK, this is going to be interesting because, I mean, I'm almost for second chances. But yeah, but yeah. it's it. Is it really second chance at this point? I, I don't know. Um, I think it's funny because you have an entire generation who didn't grow up with that. We were just watching something the other day and they made a... J- huh? Yeah, yeah, they didn't grow up. No, uh, we were watching something the other day and they made a, a joke about Mel Gibson. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, that's aged differently now. Mm-hmm. We were watching Supernatural. That's it. They They made a Mel Gibson joke. Um, and so there's an entire generation of people who don't know anything about it. Yeah. I mean, like, did I say stupid stuff in my twenties? Yeah, I was in my twenties. Did I say stupid stuff when I first got on social media and I was just trying to like get attention any way possible before learning the rules? Mm-hmm. Sure. Did I make say stupid shit when I was a multimillionaire in my 40s and had a team full of people that might be able to tell me to shut the fuck up? No, no, I didn't. And I think it's especially, it was the whole (laughs) ranting, the racism, the alcoholism, everything all at once. It was just, but was he in a spiral? Like, I've seen some interesting, you know, theories about things, and it's like, it was so long ago. But I'm like, we shall see, but yeah, there's a John Wick series coming out. (laughs) <laughs> interesting yeah Mel Gibson like I don't know I don't want to make excuses for the guy but he was drunk right when he did that rant and I and I'm pretty mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he was friends with Danny Glover too like when they did the Lethal Weapon movies so you know I don't know maybe it was just a case of maybe he'll being... pull a Roddy Roddy you know RDJ was a mess yeah at so, all point. And yeah. Then, yeah. Come on, he was he was blacklisted in Hollywood. He was mm-hmm. done. Oh yeah. So yeah, he that's, like that's a good pull. I like I remember that's when all point. that went down with with Rodney or uh, RDJ. 
thinking that, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to die. Like he's going to, you know, he's going to, you know, do, you know, end up uh, over ODing or something. And now look at him, you know, it's my fault for calling him Rodney. Sorry. That's my nephew's name. I was like, Robert, it's Robert. <laughs> yeah. Robert. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So John, now, what if John it Lee? was, what if Mel Gibson was stunt casting to die in the first episode? Like Drew Barrymore, Scream, or Yop Sean Bean, Psycho. Like that'd be, just a that'd be so funny. Happened. Yeah, he dies in the first the first scene of the first episode. <laughs> but they get to put okay. his name all over all the advertising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like He Man in the newest animated series. Yeah. yeah. I I like it. I like and it. I love, I, I love the series, but. The advertising, when I went back and watched the trailers, the advertising did not match the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I there's a lot of that series I do like, um, but I can also understand like the old school fans that were told that this is a continuation of the original series. I can understand them being upset. Because I, I was what a original upset. fans being upset about something? Yeah, yeah. never. <laughs> it happens. It happens. We are not sticklers about things. We are never defensive about our genres. <laughs> no, not at all. Nope. New tricks, great. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anywho, anywho, I think we can call oh, this an episode. So let's play that little game of where can we find you on the internet. So Lillian, where can we find you? Well, right now I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm going through some weird changes, but you, you can find me on Twitter um, at Talking Squirrel with no A. So it's TLK in Squirrel. It's a squirrel says what? Um, I do have a podcast that I kind of started and then didn't do anything with right now because ironically it's an ADHD podcast and I have ADHD and I forgot to record. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, we're just getting some stuff going, but that's where you can find me for now. Excellent. If I'm around. And Ragnar, where can we find you, sir? Well, uh, I'm on both Instagram and Facebook as Ragnar, the trader, uh, Ragnar, the trader.com is my main website. And should you be lucky enough to live in Manitoba next weekend, the Halloween weekend, I'll be at the Winnipeg Comic Con. Nobody is lucky oh. to live in Manitoba. <laughs> but still, I, mean, I, live, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but still, but going going to a show would be awesome. Way, so. But the show's gonna be great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be there. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. And Kevin, where can we find you, sir? All right. You can find my blog at masklibrary.com at masklibrary across most social medias. Uh, I try to contribute over at the Retro Network. And like Chris mentioned earlier, I have my own one-on-one podcast. Well, usually one-on-one, sometimes one-on-two, mm-hmm. over at the Retro Network called Hellions Talks. I sit down every Thursday with some creator, blogger, podcaster, comic creator, and lately, a lot of wrestlers as well. I've teamed up with my local indie promotion, and I am interviewing wrestlers before every show now to hype up their shows. That's epic. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. Yep. Yeah, I, and I was just on uh, this week's uh, edition of Hellion Talks, and it was a lot of fun. I had a good time. Yeah, it was. I mean, like we talk all the time on this show, but with me 
taken the lead. It was just a, a different flow for it, but mm-hmm. still familiar too. Yeah, good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, you can check me here on the Pop Culture Pub. Um, we just did an episode of Trek One Seven Zero One that uh, is just ahead this of this podcast in the feed. Uh, where we talked about season 2.5 of Star Trek Enterprise, so the last half of season two. Um, and yeah, you can check out, uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Chris Lock 1701. I manage the Pop Culture Pub podcast uh, group on Facebook, uh, The Incredible Fans of the Incredible Hulk. It's a group on Facebook. Outer Spaces is a group on Facebook, which I'm the admin of, and Lockhart's uh, Masters of the Universe group on Facebook. So be sure to check those out. Um, all right, Lord man, you're busy. Yeah, well, with my groups, I'm basically just posting pictures. Like I find pictures on on Pinterest and Instagram, and then I throw them there. Uh, it's a, it's fun, it's informative, and yeah, um, it's easy. Um, all right. Well, uh, this is an episode. This was our reading list 2021. So on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, Kevin Decent, Ragnar, and Lillian, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to us talk about what we're reading. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, it's the big show. Come on, crank it up.